0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Bluewire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey everybody. Before we get into today's pod, I wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wires, top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But again, that is bwhustle.com join.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Nice Straightcast on Rotovase Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire, Bet Online, and indeed Week 16. I know that we've we've said this over and over and over the last pretty much the last 16 weeks, but I can't believe we're here. Week 16, Dan Sanyo, is in the books? It's it's in the books, Dan. Did you think I would be saying that on December 28th, 2020, that week
1: 16 would be in the books? Uh, I didn't think we'd ever get here. It, it looked uh, pretty questionable relatively often early on. And throughout the season, we've had some hiccups, uh, a couple of uh, COVID breakouts here and there. But for the most part, I'm pretty proud of what the NFL has done. Uh, obviously, the NBA and NHL were very successful in their bubble settings. The MLB, for the most part, held things together. But to be completely honest, with, with 30 teams and franchises all over the states, they, they did pretty incredibly. And uh, I'm proud of the NFL for that. Obviously, some, some uh, places are still <laughs> inviting fans into the stands, which probably isn't the greatest idea. But money is money, I guess, at the end of the day. God forbid anyone stay healthy. So we are here, and I got a championship under my belt. I'm happy about that. Uh, I did every game this week. Assuming Devin Singletary gets like three more yards or something, I will have won uh, the money in every game I played this week.
2: Well, we're not going to talk about uh, how much money I won this week because it's not much, if any. (laughs) Um, But I will say um, we've read a lot of ads on this podcast over the years. I, I have never been more intrigued by an ad than that Blue Wire ad. If you are interested in podcasting, you need to apply. Like, if we weren't on the Blue Wire network, I would be putting an application in right now. Like, I know they they don't like when we do ads inside of the show, Dan, but that was like that's the coolest thing I've ever heard, right?
1: Yeah, the the Blue Wire move for us has been everything. Uh, obviously, being grounded here with with Rotoviz was was massive as well for our our specific brand, but the big transition to Blue Wire, man, for fifteen dollars is pretty pretty incredible and absolutely worth it just seeing the results of being with Blue Wire and and everything they've done for us all of the changes they've made the money they've raised it's just it's insane so honestly if you're if you're not working with Blue Wire or even applying to get with Blue Wire um, you're probably doing something wrong i would i would do everything in my power to be working with Blue Wire
2: all right, now let's let's get into the show. We're cooking. We got a couple topics, a couple good questions. You know, I always uh, tell our listeners they're terrible at asking questions. We got a couple good questions this time, so uh, let's get into the show first. We have a breakout big game NFL performance from the big man, AJ Dillon. Now, if I had told you entering the Packers Titans game, there there would be a large running back running all over the field. You would have guessed, oh, Derrick Henry's going to gash the worst run defense in the NFL. <laughs> Wrong. A.J. Dillon gashed the Titans, who I think are OK on the run defense. I don't have it in front of me. But 21 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. Now, obviously, this wasn't really an expected performance this week or even this season. You know, he's pretty much pr- projected to be behind Aaron Jones the whole year, in which he has been. But this shows the upside of the guy that. You know, yes, it might not have been the smartest move for the Packers to spend a quarterback running back first two rounds, but this guy is worth a second round NFL draft pick.
1: Yeah. And honestly, one of the big things, to be completely honest, was coming off of the COVID list, the fact that he hasn't looked like absolute garbage. Most players, after coming off of the COVID COVID list with a positive COVID test, have looked real bad for a while, at least following that. And for him to come off, obviously he was gone for like six weeks. So um, that wasn't super great to see, but he comes back his, his, I think third week back from the, the list itself. And he blows up all over what's a pretty suspect Tennessee defense. Um, but still to, to do it in, in the elements and kind of under the, the microscope of, of primetime football that, that showed me a lot. Um, Ryan McDowell was tweeting about it all day. It, I, I get the Eddie Lacey vibes big time. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Obviously the Eddie Lacey saga came to a crashing halt, but we're not talking about Trent Richardson. We're talking about what was a pretty successful early career of Eddie Lacey uh, until he started missing games and, and the injuries and this and that and the other thing. So AJ Dillon's still young, a lot of, lot of potential, especially as the um, the sure workhorse two down back, he, he's very Derrick Henry-esque in that matter. I would anticipate the Packers moving on from Aaron Jones following the season, but Aaron Jones has been really good. And whether it's the Packers offense with Aaron Rodgers allowing him to be really good or Aaron Jones just actually being really good, I don't think it'll be long for him to find work. Uh, I do still think Jamal Williams is a really good football player, just probably not a great fantasy asset. So, And I think the Packers think the same thing as well. So I, I do think that a- A.J. Dillon's probably on the list of, of guys maybe to try to get before his value gets crazy as a contender. I'm not a huge proponent of buying running backs at any age if you're not ready to compete because that window is so small on that position aside from a few guys here and there. So I uh, I do think AJ Dillon is is going to be a thing as soon as 2021.
2: Yeah, for sure. And at the very least, out I I think that Aaron Jones is gone, but I I it's so hard with this running back class that this running back free agent class. We've talked about it over and over. I I'm I've, I've probably been talking about this class more than anyone else in the industry about how there's just so much suspect in the air because people aren't paying running backs anymore. But it's not like Derrick Henry should be out of a job. It's not like Aaron Jones is going to be out of like, they're, they're going to have NFL jobs. It's just not, is it going to be with that team? Is it going to be with this payday? And so, because there's so much up in the air with this, this class, I, I'm, I'm still buying their backups. You know, if, if Aaron Jones does walk, then I think that they'll invest in a, a, a cheaper running back to go alongside AJ Dillon or, a, you know, a, a day three type pick. But Either way, I think that, you know, when you look at an Aaron Rodgers offense, Aaron Rodgers having one of the best seasons he's had in recent years and, you know, not slowing down at the age of what, like 36, 37. So, yeah, I, I'm I've I loved AJ Dillon from, you know, in college, I loved him be more after the combine and i loved be more after, you know, being picked in the second round, in the NFL draft. So uh, I'm all aboard the AJ Dillon train. N- now is not the time to buy him because after that performance, he's like, wow, this guy could be an RB one in, in, in Green Bay. But. But I am a believer at this stage. So, I mean, if you can get him for a second, go ahead. But I, I don't think that's possible anymore.
1: I mean, ADP-wise, ADP he's in the, like, Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds range. And I'd take him way before I take those guys. I'd have him ahead of guys like Kenyon Drake, James Conner, um, maybe even Ronald Jones, Chris Carson. You know, more more that territory. I think he's probably going to be approaching mid-RB2 valuation by the end of the offseason I I think he could be high-end RB2 if the Packers don't invest highly in somebody and both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams walk Uh, I think it's at least somewhat likely that they bring Jamal Williams back on a team-friendly deal if he wants that but I I just don't see how they pay Aaron Jones and like you mentioned the, the massive class that could be assuming everyone leaves or or not everyone resigns There's there's going to be guys looking for RB1 gigs all over the NFL. And there's there's a lot of spots at the moment. But this between the rookie class and the free agent class, not having a team to play for right now for 2021, some of these guys that have some equity could be they could be in a real struggle and they could be in a a real committee backfield and, and lose a lot of value for us fantasy owners. All
2: right, let's move on to a guy who has had a breakout, another breakout performance, but this is a breakout season, not a breakout game, and it is one Nelson Aguilar. Obviously, he uh, departed from the Eagles after a poor start to his career. Uh, Six years in the NFL. That doesn't seem right, but I guess it is. Um, Nelson Aguilar has been going crazy over the last nine weeks, seven five-catch or four-catch performances um, out of the last nine weeks, so... You know, he's been getting the ball a lot. He's been scoring some touchdowns. He's got eight touchdowns on the season. Now, I, part of me always relegates back to, like, how much is this a product of volume? The Raiders are a team that have trailed a decent bit. And what else is there in, in Las Vegas? At receiver, there's Hunter Renfro and what else? But uh, you, you got to say, at the very least, Nelson Aguilar isn't, a, isn't worthless like he was, you know, three, four months ago.
1: Well, no, I mean, he's not worthless as long as he's on this roster. The problem is, is the work he's getting is the work that should belong to Henry Ruggs. So let that speak for itself, I guess. Um, I still don't think he's very good. I do think he is a product of volume. And I mean, it is what it is. Somebody's got to catch passes there. So if if the Raiders don't don't go after uh, an actual wide receiver instead of somebody that can run really fast, I mean, he could be in for for a decent workload in in the coming seasons. I, I guess it depends if he sticks around or not. But uh, I do still think Brian Edwards becomes something at some point, even though I don't love a wide receiver in a Gruden offense. Uh, I do think if anyone were to succeed here, it's probably going to be Brian Edwards. Henry Ruggs, I mean, this is what we're expecting Henry Ruggs to do, right? Or at least the people that liked him, uh, the way Aguilar has been used. I mean-
2: was it though? Like I was never expecting Henry Ruggs to be a nine to 11 target guy. And that's kind of the range that I've always been living in.
1: But then why are you draft? Why are we drafting? Because him? I was
2: expecting him to, you know, be averaging like 23 yards a catch.
1: Right. So what I'm saying is the people that believed he was more than just a deep ball threat, the people that yeah. believed he could be the one in a million Deshaun Jackson's or um, Ted Ginn for 10 minutes. It, it just it it was such a small outcome that he he honestly would have had to been essentially a Hall of Famer in order to work out. So it, yeah, I mean, it, it as long as someone needs to catch passes in in uh, Las Vegas, which they're going to need to do, whether that's Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota throwing the football, whoever, Aguilar is going to have short term value at, at the very least because I mean he's he is a veteran and. He's been okay this year. He's catching the ball at, a, I think, the highest rate of his career. So um, he's got that to work with. And who knows? Maybe, maybe he sticks. He's on, like, what, eight or nine touchdowns, something like that this year. So yeah. a career year for him. Um, it, it's nice to see. I just – I don't think he's the guy, and I don't think he ever was the guy or will be the guy.
2: Now, going – you know, looking back a little bit here, there's no way – Las Vegas starts the season with Derek Carr at quarterback and John Gruden, head coach, right? Like they can't start that, you know, pairing for a fourth season because it's weird because in aspects like the, I feel like the expectations for Las Vegas slash Oakland have been so low over the last three years that when they win the occasional, like, you know, they beat the chiefs this year when they have the occasional upset or they have the occasional stretch of three or four games where they win people like, Oh, wow, John Gruden's back but he's not because they're still losing three years into his tenure.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, something has to change. Right. And Gruden doesn't really have his guy here. He hasn't gotten his guy. He's, he's been able to draft. But he's never,
2: he's never been a guy who gets his guy. He always just gets whatever free agent is fill Jeff Garcia, Rich Gannon, right. Brad Johnson, like
1: old school guys just target the vets. It seems don't, don't take the time to raise rookies. And he's always been a guy that's hasn't used his rookies. So that, that's another tough part with Henry Ruggs is we wanted the, the sky, but it's just not going to happen in a, in a Gruden-led team. So uh, I would anticipate one, if not both of those guys being gone, like you said. But the
2: Raiders can't be because they still owe him seven years, $70 million.
1: Well, uh, it's probably Derek Carr.
2: <laughs> seven years, $70 million. It's
1: a super team-friendly contract. <laughs>
2: Well, you know who else is friendly? Our friends over at Indeed.
1: 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore's total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through December 31st terms and conditions apply.
2: All right, let's go into our questions from our lovely fans. Our first one is from a member of our listener league uh, at the giant ninja. Will Dennison asks what players are worth overpaying for this offseason? since they'll push their way into the top 24 of startups during the 2021 offseason. Now, I'm not sure about the 20, the top 24 part, but I'm talking about players that I think will have a boost in value and have the potential to reach top 24. And I will, I'm going to give you a little guessing game here, Dan. I have two receiving cores where there's two wide receivers that I have pegged for this possibility. What two wide receiving cores do you think I have on my list?
1: Um, well, full wide receiver cores,
2: not full, just two. Oh,
1: um, I would guess the San Francisco 49ers with Debo Samuel and Brandon A. Yook. and the maybe the Denver Broncos with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton.
2: One out of two ain't bad. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, and the Denver Broncos. I'll, I'll start. I dig that. I'll, I'll start with the Denver Broncos here. Obviously, Cortland Sutton. We do this every single time there's an injury, especially an injury. this, this early in the season. Like, I wasn't expecting when he got hurt week one, week two, for him to be this cheap. I bet you can get Cortland Sutton for like a late first at this point. Probably Cortland Sutton is ridiculously cheap right now, and Jerry Judy hasn't lived up to expectations so far in 2020. But I think that's 90% because Drew Locke's awful, he's so bad. <laughs> I I think that Denver is a prime candidate to go after a free agent quarterback, whether it's Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Cam Newton, somebody, anybody other than Drew Locke. And I think that anybody puts, I mean, Cam Newton might not, but almost anybody other than Drew Locke puts Judy and Sutton into a better situation. And both those guys are talented enough to be top 24 fairly easily. What are your thoughts on those two?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the Cortland Sutton hate went, pretty far almost instantly i think that's a wonderful combination of wide receivers between sutton and judy and i think both of them i mean they can they can survive and they can thrive together to be completely honest we've seen mike evans and chris godwin do it we saw adam Thielen and Stefan diggs do it we've seen this the pittsburgh steelers offense support wide receiver after wide receiver um there's no reason an offense can't support two wide receivers especially in today's nfl when passing is prime and you know obviously teams are still running the ball an excessive amount but when you've got talent you have to use it john elway knows that i would certainly hope the coaching staff knows that uh and i think honestly the most of the pass catchers there while courtland sutton has been out however inconsistent there's been enough volume and, and you know work for everybody going around. I think Noah Fant uh, is the one thing that could potentially hold one of those two back from becoming uh, a you know a wide receiver too, in our rankings or in fantasy in general um, because I do think he is the real deal. I, I think he's going to be a problem for defenses to come. But I, I really like I'm a big fan of both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. I think both belong in the conversation for top 24 wide receivers.
2: But the one thing Fant does do, and I know that I I often argue against this, but the one thing Fant does do is that the safety can't be over top on right. both of Sutton and uh, and Judy because one of the safeties is going to be on Fant pretty much at all times. Absolutely. And then uh, go to the Jaguars. This is kind of the, the basic thing because they got Lawrence locked up now. But uh, I've seen several you know instances of you know when number one overall pick goes here Wide receivers go up you know we had it with uh burrow adding value to boyd and higgins we had it with you know other other players in recent years and lawrence to the jaguars with two very good and young wide receivers with with chark and chenault are another option here and honestly i I think that yes chark is probably a little bit more expensive here but i think he's the better i think he's better value i think that chenault is going to get a lot of the lawrence grub off people are be like wow lawrence is going to jacksonville go get yourself some chenault and, and people are just going to forget that dj chark is the wire receiver one there
1: do we think chenault leapfrogs chark in rankings and and adp and things like that
2: I, I i would imagine they're both like going to be like the wire receiver like 20 to 25 range okay very close
1: yeah i think they probably will both get to that point i think both are um, wide receiver threes or fours in the ADP sets right now. Obviously that'll start changing as the Lawrence thing becomes more real and they've, they have locked it up. Correct. They, yes, they have to win the own pick. Okay.
2: J- J- That's screwed it up by winning two in a row.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable how bad that team is. And yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to, hard to argue against that. The, um, the question for me is, do they continue to use guys like Keelan Cole or Chris Conley? You know, the, the kind of the guys that are good enough to be a problem, but not good enough to take those guys job. They're on the field. They're getting the targets. We've seen it, whether it's Gardner Minshew, whether it's Mike Glennon, even Jake Luton. I, I think, I think they've got a really good wide receiver, a very underrated wide receiver room in Jacksonville, uh, it's pretty obvious to me that DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel are the best of the, of the whole room, but are they good enough to separate themselves and make it, Hey, where are the wide receiver one and two in this offense?
2: And then the one slight threat as well is, you know, we talked about Fenton Denver, a lot of mock drafts early on have had uh, Pat Fryer to, to Jacksonville with their second, first round pick or Hunter long in the second round. Like that's a team that could invest at tight end, but like I said, I'm not huge. I'm not very scared of it because while I think that Judy and Sutton are underrated uh, and undervalued right now, uh, Chark and Chenault are cheaper than both those
1: guys. And the emergence of James Robinson this year too, should it it should help the wide receivers. James Robinson is going to take some of the passing down work, but uh, I think generally speaking, having someone like James Robinson will actually help those wide receivers.
2: All right. So, who, do you, who, who did you have in mind for this overpaying before they get too expensive?
1: So, I went a couple options. I went high end, that is going to go higher. And then I went a little bit deeper. So, I'm going to start with high end. I don't think Stefan Diggs is getting the love that he deserves. Yeah, he's probably like RB or RB wide receiver 13 to 15 or somewhere in that range. He's in his prime in a new setting with a quarterback that is absolutely blowing up. And he is the wide receiver three. On the season, going into your prime with those types of numbers, you should absolutely be a mid wide receiver one. You've got guys like Calvin Ridley and Terry McLaurin, even Michael Thomas going in front of him. I'm still taking guys like Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb over him just because of that six year age gap. But he's right there with DeAndre Hopkins for me. I'm taking him over A.J. Brown. I, I just I don't understand why Stefan Diggs wouldn't be in that category. He's been so consistent all year. I think his lowest game is something like 11 points. Guys like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill are propped up by massive performances. And then they have some stinkers. Stefan Diggs has been absolutely consistent all year. And Josh Allen is only going gonna, gonna to continue to help him out. And Stefan Diggs has only improved throughout his career. New offense. He's the alpha. The offense is built around he and Josh Allen at this point. Uh, I mean... We could see we could see some big time numbers. He's got the volume to go with it now too. He's having a, a career years in every category except for touchdowns.
2: Yeah, for sure. He definitely uh, exceeded expectations with many of the oh, you know, new system. Josh Allen can't throw all, all those different concerns, and he's he, he's shown he's bona fide top three receiver here. And I, I, it's one of those things that I think that Stephon Diggs weirdly has entered his points are going to be worth more than his dynasty value perpetually for the next four or five years. You know, people aren't going to value him in the same range as a CD lamb or a Justin Jefferson, because he's not that age. And for some reason, people still see Buffalo as a running team when they aren't, they're just a passing team where Josh Allen
1: runs. (laughs) That's that is very true. And, and bringing in Zach Moss to go along with Devin Singletary, it's a really good compliment to one another. The team, likes to run, isn't built to run, they're built to pass, uh, and Josh Allen just happens to be really scary with his legs as well. So I, I think I think that offense is going to be a real problem for NFL defenses, and Stefan Diggs, I mean, he he should honestly be in your top six to eight wide receivers, uh, even if you are an ageist and, and prefer the young guys. There's not enough elite young guys to overtake him not being in that six to eight
2: yeah i I, we're just a little uh sneak peek here we are going to do a bit of like a ranking summit for the dice trade cast and i have him much lower than than wide receiver six to eight um so we'll, we'll have to hash that out um as we go through the the month of january but yeah i i agree what else do you have on your list there
1: so digging just a little bit deeper it's not crazy far down the the list but Michael Pittman had some pretty good draft capital. My issue here is Philip Rivers. Now we've seen we've seen some really nice flashes from Michael Pittman. He had a couple of, of really, really nice weeks. They do bring in um, Jonathan Taylor, which isn't the best because as long as Philip Rivers is the quarterback, which more than likely is going to be done after this year and next year, the passing offense just isn't going to be everything. And obviously T.Y. Hilton's still there. Uh, I guess the verdict's still out on Paris Campbell because he just can't seem to get healthy. But they have they have Jonathan Taylor, they have Naeem Hines, and the offense runs through the backfield. But they they spent that high second on Michael Pittman. He's shown the flashes. He was really highly touted coming out of USC. I, I wasn't the biggest fan Based on his college hype, but seeing him in the pros and and you know the big body he's six four like two forty or something like two thirty five i mean he's he's a man amongst boys out there. I get real Mike Evans vibes um, and again that's another player I didn't love, but the fantasy production's there for Evans, and I really genuinely think it can and should be there for Michael Pittman. he's just growing as a player so that's, this is one that I think is going to be one of the, the sleepers all off season. It's, it's kind of a meh offense that people don't really talk about, they don't get excited about. Uh, even Jonathan Taylor, we've seen slip in, in value for a little bit. It's starting to come back now because he's starting to play a little bit better. But the Colts in general just always kind of give off that vibe of, I mean, it's the Colts. We don't really want a piece of that offense. So I, I think Pittman could make a big leap from, from the end of this season uh, until the start of next season, I, I think he's somewhere in like the low wide receiver threes or high wide receiver fours, and honestly, he's probably going to end up in that that wide receiver two, that low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three type ranking. And for that value uh, right now, I, I think that's a really nice upside.
2: Yeah, I think that you might be a little bit a tad high on Pittman. I think that once you do your rankings, you're going to find it hard to fit Michael Pittman into the 20s of wide receivers. But I, I think that he, he, he's being drafted at wide receiver 35 right now, and I would take him around. Um, I, I would take him over Mims, who, who's going ahead of him. I would take him over Thielen, who is just behind him. So, you know, the guys that are being drafted around Pittman, I would take Pittman over those players. But I'm not sure how much farther I can move him up without feeling a little bit queasy. Like, the the one sad thing is I've uh, I kind of jumped full on to the Tyler Lockett bandwagon between like June and September. And that bandwagon has just, you know, fallen off the road. I'm not sure what happened there. He went from looking unstoppable to. Terrible, like just not even used. Um, but anyways, that's just an aside here. So, yeah, I, I think Pittman's undervalued right now, but I'm not sure how undervalued because there's so much talent ahead of him.
1: Yeah. And the wide receiver class, I feel at this point is extremely deep, which is good and bad trying to find space for these players. But I, you know, I'm taking Michael Pittman over guys like Tyler Lockett over guys like Tyler Boyd, those all not quite 30, but no longer young wide receivers who may still have some left in the tank, but we're playing the long game, right? So if I'm a, if I'm a contender, you know, maybe I consider that, but honestly looking at the future, you know, Pittman, Pittman could could be the guy for for the Colts that they've kind of missed over the years. Obviously, they've had T.Y. Hilton, but he's had trouble staying on the field uh, at least a little bit here and there and hasn't been super consistent. They need that consistent wide receiver to help support that offense alongside Jonathan Taylor.
2: All right. Before we get into a little bit of rookie slash Debbie talk, let's hear about our friends over at Betts Online.
1: The NBA is back in action and football is headed to the playoffs. You might not be at any of the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day Er day, as nathan likes to say (laughs) head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses don't forget to use promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire b-l-u-e-w-i-r-e all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts
2: all right we got a question about rookie quarterbacks in debbie leagues from our friend dan miller uh each year, there's usually one, maybe two rookie quarterbacks who squeak through Super Flex Leagues. This year, it's looking like we have three. Three that could go in the day one or day two range of the NFL draft. We have uh, Zach Wilson of BYU. We have Mac Jones of Alabama. And we have Kyle Trask of Florida. Now, I'll just give an overall landscape of these guys. Zach Wilson is a guy who has rocketed up draft boards, a guy who was fairly unknown as recent as three or four weeks ago. And now some people have him going over Justin Fields in the NFL draft. Mac Jones, obviously the successor to one Tua, and he has done a lot, if not more than Tua in 2020. And then we have Kyle Trask, who, you know, has been okay in his first two seasons at Florida, but was just on another level 43 touchdowns, five interceptions in 2020. So which one of these guys sticks out as the guy you'd be going after in Debbie leagues and rookie superflex? or is there one, is there two? What are your thoughts on this trio?
1: Well, I think it kind of depends on your strategy as, as a fantasy owner. Some people like to play it safe. Some people like to go for the home run. And sometimes you strike out when you're going for that home run. I think Zach Wilson has the most home run potential Uh, I I get some Josh Allen vibes because of the big arm and he has exploded onto the scene. You know, we, we didn't know much about him. And and all of a sudden this year, he's he's throwing fastballs through people. It's been kind of fun to watch. Uh, And on the other end of the spectrum, I think Kyle Trask is probably the one guy I don't think I'll have anywhere. I don't see an NFL prospect there. He strikes me just as a, as a college football quarterback. I, I don't see that. I don't see his skill set translating, obviously.
2: Yeah, I mean, know, is, is there a little bit from a little bit, a little bit from in him?
1: I get a lot of that. You know, the um, who's the lunatic dude that broke into someone's house that everybody loved? Uh, Chad Kelly. I, I get the Chad Kelly vibe. You know, it, it, he seems like a John Elway pick. So maybe, <laughs> maybe the Broncos. Oh, please do don't, please stupid. don't put
2: Trask with my boys, Judy.
1: And no, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> But it just it feels like that to me for some horrible reason. And I I think Mac Jones has starter potential, but more than likely is probably a a career backup in the NFL. I I do think Zach Wilson has enough potential to sit behind someone for some time. You know, obviously, that's not the the big move anymore. You, You want your rookie quarterbacks to play day one. But I think if he can go somewhere that has an established quarterback, say the Pittsburgh Steelers, if he happens to slide in the draft and, and do, Pittsburgh, do
2: the, do the Pittsburgh Steelers have an established starting quarterback?
1: Well, I mean, it's Ben's job until Ben retires. So <laughs> if, if they get one more year out of Ben and Zach Wilson learns from Ben Roethlisberger, or or he learns, he's not, from, he's not
2: falling that far though.
1: Or he learns from Philip yeah. Rivers, or you know, whoever, some someone like that. I think that's an ideal situation. Uh, I think Mac Jones is just a guy, but I I genuinely don't think contrast belongs in the, in the conversation.
2: Yeah. In recent years, college football has broken my, uh, just look at the AYA theory, uh, because now every decent college quarterback has above a 10 AYA, which drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I'm fairly out on tracks, but I think I think that most of the NFL is going to be as well. He's probably going to end up being a late day two, early day three pick. I think most of draft Twitter, who is excited about him, is a little bit premature there. And then I don't know. Mac Jones seems more like the prospect I traditionally like more, you know, shows some promise early in his college years, doesn't struggle at all. Whereas Zach Wilson, like he's just okay in 2018, 2019, 2020. Amazing. I liked guys to show a little bit more in those initial years. And we saw that with Mac Jones having, you know, 11.7 AYA, 1500 yards as a backup at Alabama in 2019. And then in 2020, 12.8 AYA, 32 touchdowns, four interceptions. So uh, I do think that Zach Wilson goes before Mac Jones, in the NFL draft, but I think I'd prefer Mac Jones from a value perspective.
1: I think he definitely has a higher floor. Uh, he yeah. he to me seems like the safer quarterback. Um, the, the Alabama thing is is what makes it difficult though, because you essentially have an NFL team around the quarterback, so it can be really tough to evaluate those guys, and, and unless you see special traits in certain guys, like I think we all saw uh, the kind of Russell Wilsonness of Tua Tagovailoa in Alabama, and other than that, I mean. Have we really had good Alabama quarterbacks? We've seen Alabama quarterbacks put up some really nice numbers, but just never make the transition to the NFL.
2: Yeah, but never the numbers that Tua and now Mac Jones have put. But that's right. also, like I said, college wall is broken. It used to be if you have a 10 AYA, you're an elite prospect. Now like day three quarterbacks have a 10.0 AYA. Well, yeah,
1: especially when you're Mac Jones throwing to four of what will be NFL wide re- first round NFL wide receivers, or three at least.
2: All right. Let's Wrap up today's show with a pair of wide receivers, just some rapid fire takes on them. Kenny Galladay, buy or sell?
1: Uh, honestly, I think I'm selling. I never I never remember how old Kenny Galladay is until I go and look at his profile. He's 27. It feels like he just came into the NFL yesterday. He's struggled to stay on the field now this year. It's, It's been an absolute grind. Who knows with the hip or or whatever it happens to be. Really nice last couple of seasons. nothing crazy. I think he got really overvalued really quickly because of the situation because he was the 1A uh, alongside Marvin Jones and for a little while, Golden Tate. I, I like him, don't love him. I think there's enough people that still like him across your leagues that you'll be able to get enough out of him. It's, ne- it's not going to be an overpay. And you may not even get market value, but the name and the situation carries enough value, where I think you can get out now and move that value into something that isn't like 28 years old.
2: <laughs> I, I think he's a hold. I, I I think the value is too low right now to sell. And it's one of the situations that you can use. He's going to have a blurb at some point. He's going to have a, he re-signs a four year $50 million contract with Detroit, or he signs a deal with, you know, Pittsburgh. I, I don't know. But, He's going to do – There's something's going to happen where his value gets a tick up. I I think that his value is the lowest it's going to be for a little bit right now. So definitely not a sell right now. I think he's a a steady hold, but definitely not a guy I'm actively trying to buy.
1: Yeah, definitely not a buy. Uh, I mean, if you're a true believer in Kenny Galladay, you're probably going to get him at his cheapest at this point. Um, And if you're holding off to get an overpay from somebody –
2: That's the thing. Get him at his cheapest. And this is – you know preached so often but like you know for the last two three years we're like don't buy julio don't buy aj green buy them in two to three years right and you can probably get aj um, you know you can get aj green for zero right now but you can get (laughs) julio jones for like an early second right now you know even though he's still one of the best wide receivers in the nfl but that's what happens with these early 30s wide receivers is that people get scared of the breakdown and because they do break down you know Kenny Galladay is only a couple years from that possible breakdown. So don't buy Kenny Galladay today buy him in two years.
1: And last on the list, uh, heartbreaks across the nation, especially for one, Mr. Nathan Powell. I don't know if you're a Nikhil Harry guy, but Nikhil Harry gets a, Did you, just say you don't know if
2: I was a new kid. Hold on.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. <Okay. laughs> that was a, that was a sarcastic. I didn't know if you were his guy. Uh, he got one one season with seemingly dead-armed Tom Brady, and he played all of seven games this year with a quarterback who can barely throw it out of his shadow And Cam Newton. We do have Nikhil Harry. Uh, it's been a tough go of it. Part of me fears we got Laquan Treadwell, and the other part of me just thinks that it's kind of just some bad luck to start with. A, being a Patriot and having to learn the Belichickness of the NFL and B, having to deal with Brady, who wasn't great last year and now Cam Newton. So I don't know. What do we do?
2: I would like to take a moment and talk to three, three young men, namely two. But I'm going to mention three because one came up today. Uh, Devontae Parker, uh, Corey Davis and Nelson Aguilar. Um, I would like to speak to all three of you young men and say, (laughs) uh, I hate you. Um, why do I hate you? Because you're the reason why I can't drop Nikhil Harry. <laughs> the, the the possibility of a uh, breakout later in his career, like we've seen from Corey Davis and Devontae Parker, and to a certain extent, Nelson Aguilar, that's why I can't cut Nikhil Harry to start this offseason. And it hurts me because uh, two guys that I, I wish I could cut off my roster right now, Dwayne Haskins and Nikhil Harry. I probably can to cut, cut Dwayne Haskins. I can't cut Nikhil Harry quite yet.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's time to cut Nikhil Harry quite yet. Oh, we yet. haven't
2: talked about Haskins. We probably should do that before we wrap up. Oh,
1: I don't think he's worth talking about. He's a dumpster. Um, yeah, Nikhil Harry, he's definitely a hold. Uh, you shouldn't be dropping him. i honestly probably not even worth trading him at this point. It can only go up. I think he's at his lowest valuation possible. All, all the draft capital you could ask for in a, in a first-round pick. Obviously going into year three draft capital means a lot less, but hopefully we see new England bring in someone that's got an arm still attached to their body that can throw the football. And we see Nikhil Harry start to take shape. Um, We've seen Jacoby Myers be relatively successful in, in this offense. So it's either
2: that's the problem. I know that's, that's why I can't have faith in Nikhil Harry because Jacoby Myers is doing what he at the very least Nikhil Harry should be a Jacoby Myers, but he's not.
1: Yeah, I, I, it, it's, it might just be Nikhil Harry. Damn it. All
2: right. Yeah, he's kadushed. Um Don't drop him yet, but he's pretty close to droppable territory. Um, but yeah, let, let's sound off before we uh, head out. Uh, Haskins, uh, worth a third or cut?
1: I don't even think he's worth a roster spot. He's not only bad, he's stupid. So we got that going for him.
2: There, there you go yeah i i do think that there's a slight possibility he gets manzeled where like no team's like okay i'm not gonna bother with that but part of me hopes that he ends up in like a pittsburgh or a dallas or something like that but you know that's kind of oh I, my, my real take was that he's gonna go to the jets and the jets will have Darnold, haskins and they'll take Suo.
1: that that could be a thing
2: yeah but The only reason they would do that is if they have zero faith in Fields or Wilson,
1: which would be stupid because Justin Fields is is gonna be special, I think.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, congrats to those who have taken down their championship, and I know you did it with the Rotoviz subscription. So make sure that you re up that, and uh, you might need to use a different email. Don't tell uh, the bosses I said that. (laughs) But go go use promo code rotoviz twenty twenty for a ten percent discount code. Uh, to get yourself a Rotoviz subscription, get yourself more championships. Listen to, uh, listen to the Nice Trade Cast. Listen to all our great podcasts on Rotoviz Radio. We appreciate you. It's been a wonderful... Wa- you know, what? The, the next time we talk to you, will be in 2021. So I just want to say uh, this has probably been the biggest year for the trade cast in history. And it's all because of you awesome guys. I'm going to cry right now. Um, but, uh, you know, Dan's beautiful mustache is also a part of it. So, Dan, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, ranting, with, ranting and raving with me every week. This has been an awesome year.
1: Yes, sir. It truly has been. And, and like Nathan said, it wouldn't be possible without all you guys listening. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely been a weird year, but uh, on the podcast front, it's been pretty awesome. And thank you again to blue wire as well, making, making life much, much easier for us and and making this that much more enjoyable. One more thing to thank though, folks, uh, while your seasons are wrapping up, make sure you thank your commissioners. It's a lot of work to be done. A lot of things to be done to wrap all of this stuff up and get you ready for the 2021 season. So, make sure to reach out say thank you to commissioners. Nathan, as one of my lovely commissioners, thank you.
2: <laughs> You're welcome. And I'm uh, recording Monday night, which means tomorrow is commissionmas. So, have yourself a merry little commissionmas. Kadoosh. Kadoosh.